Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Um, Welcome in, everybody. It is Thursday morning, November 4th, 2021, and it is 7.32 Mountain Time, which means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, my co-host, good friend, and uh, still riding high, Braves fan, Braves champion, uh, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing this morning? I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> it's, it's it's not the, uh, I was just saying before, it's not the day after that, that hurts. It's the day after the day after yeah. that hurts. So today, I, I'm, I'm dragging. So we're yeah. going to have to switch to water here in a little bit, because I'm already almost, I'm about that far left on my on my uh, vat of, uh, of coffee today. So there you go. this show and this group ups my energy level. So I'll, uh, it's, it's good for me. And then, you know, then I'll take a nap later. There you go. No nap for me. Got a monitor visit this minute, this morning. So I'm going to be uh, very busy at work, but yeah, that's, that's okay. That's a go, go, go until you can't go no mo. That's my, that's my philosophy on life, but welcome in everybody speaking about going. Broncos for breakfast. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy and myself is at Nick Kendall MHH. You can also follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. Guys, go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. I know Christmas is right around the corner. You guys are starting to save up. Get your uh, your favorite little Bronco fan out here. Maybe a coffee one. I, can, I have to zoom in there. Nick Kendall, Scott Kennedy. Boom. There we go. We also got the hats going on, gators, et cetera, et cetera. Check it out. Just got the shirts. It's a good time. Um, Go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and forward slash mile high huddle pod. Join us there to have these conversations, um, get into details. You know, we can talk Dallas Cowboys. We can talk NFL draft. We can talk, you know, Broncos Mount Rushmore. You know, there's, there's nothing's off limits there uh, as long as we keep it respectful um, and uh, head on over there and uh, let's have a good time. Also, YouTube folks, make sure you subscribe, like, and share. What do they say? Uh, smash that like button, dudes, and hit the bell, uh, hit the bell notification so you know when we go live. Um, that way you can always join us uh, no matter what. And when that notification comes across your screen, whether you're driving or in the shower, as a lot of people like to share. Oh, Nick, I'm in the bubble <laughs> bath right now. Oh, thank you for sharing. I need, I needed Why that. We talk showers and yet I feel so dirty. I know, man. It's a, uh, you know, yeah, getting down and dirty, but uh, it's a good time. Um, make sure you're joining us on YouTube. And while you're over on YouTube, also follow Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. I mean, a lot of teams are going to be in draft mode here pretty soon. Um, so Scott's going to cover a lot with the draft stuff. So those videos kind of ping for years to come as, you know, young players come of age. Like, Oh, I want to learn a little bit more about Spencer Brown. And you type that in like, Oh, boom, all this Spencer Brown stuff. So, uh, follow Scott's channel and, uh, we can talk a lot of football there. We've been doing a lot of football there as well. So it's a good time. Um, let's, uh, Oh, Dave coming in out the gate with the stars, providing the energy, providing the support. We love you, Dave. Happy Thursday. Hashtag Broncos country. Did Peyton send a message to the whole team that everyone must, sing for their supper um if you're in the nfl i think there's a little bit of an understanding that you need to sing for your supper no matter what and uh, it's a changing of a guard that's been happening here um but it's a uh it's a new era we knew that this was coming eventually said show after show for the last couple years you know enjoy von miller now because the end is nigh 
and uh, it still hurts when it happens. But uh, you know, you got you got to go out there and earn it now. There's there's opportunities. I wouldn't say sing for your supper, but there's golden opportunities for a lot of players on this team for the rest of the season for a chance to really stamp out a a role in 2021 and beyond. Yeah, short of going out with the Broncos championship, this was probably the best thing that could have happened for Vaughn and uh, you know in the Denver Broncos. Yeah. He got a good deal. He gets to go to a place he really likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention the fact that they're you know seven and one or thereabouts and a Super Bowl contender. So uh, it's tough. We don't necessarily like it, but um, it, it certainly said if, you know if Vaughn can go, anybody can go. But you know mm-hmm. what? We might not send you to the LA Rams. We might send you to the yeah. Detroit Lions. So yeah. Get it together. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm happy for Vaughn. And I think the Broncos, I mean, you, you heard him say it multiple times in his interview yesterday that the Broncos really did him right. So Vaughn, you know, he's he says mostly says everything in a positive light, which appreciate the heck out of him for that. But uh, I do think while it hurts that he is gone and they couldn't get it right while he was in Denver, I think that, I mean, you're going to see a rejuvenated Vaughn there in LA and he gets to play with Aaron Donald on the inside. You know, he's, he's going to look great um, this season. Well, and we'll he still has a Denver Broncos Super Bowl ring, you know? Oh yeah. There's a lot of guys that play in the league that don't get one of those, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're happy. It's not like he's leaving. I mean, it's not at the highest point of the Denver Broncos, but it's yeah. not like you feel like you missed out to a certain extent. I mean, yeah. trust me as far as it, Going back to to Braves and Freddie Freeman, you know, Freddie Freeman leaves after this year. Hey, you got a ring. Someone's paying $40 million. Thank you. Enjoy your Super Bowl, your uh, your World Series ring. And we're going to root for you. That's how I felt about uh, Albert Pujols after he left immediately after the Cardinals won their second ring with him. So thank you. Good luck. Yep. God bless you. Thanks. I guess Angels, you want to pay this guy that much money? Good luck. We'll see how that turns out. (laughs) I mean, obviously, I have no say in it anyway, but I will publicly and social media wise. Anybody asks, I will certainly support that decision and say, yep. Angels, you're morons for spending that much money. <laughs> oh, man, Angels, man. they uh, So much good talent, so many legends, but uh, not a good team. Sunny Days coming in. Good morning, everyone. Good morning to you, Sunny Days. Uh, Sean coming in. Spanking you guys. A little bit of a reprimanding here going. Sean saying no one hit that like button yet. Slackers. I think we have some like buttons coming in now, but if you guys haven't done that yet, make sure you do it. I see it up here in the upper corner. We got a heart from Andrew Morrow and Dave Glassman, too. Let's get some hearts in here. EJ's in the house. We're about 50% take rate on the like buttons. I think that's pretty solid. So keep it, it up. It's pretty good. Yeah, let's what why not 55? Let's do it. No, okay. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos Country. Hashtag beat cowboys. I agree with you, EJ. Jeremy Sean's in the house. Morning, boys. Morning to you, Jeremy. Good to see you. Uh 2022, best edge ranger class. Hope the Broncos get one of these in the draft. Scott, I mean, 
I guess we should go down this rabbit hole for just a second. Um, you know that I am big on this edge rushing class for mm-hmm. 2022. Looking at it, though, I think there are there's three guys and then there's a gap. Um, there are some good edge rushers available that are, you know, there's a uh, gosh, uh, Adam Anderson for Georgia, who is really talented. There is Drake Jackson, who is extremely talented out there in USC. But for my money, if I'm the Broncos and I, if I can't get one of the big three, and I'm going to classify them as big three, because that's how I see them this season in uh, George Karloftis, Adrian Hutchinson, or Kevin on Thibodeau, I might punt on edge until the second round because it's deep enough. I think those three are different than everybody else. The dark horse is DeMarvin Leal because I'm not sure if he is edge or interior. At it makes him four. a good three, four. It yeah. Makes him a good three, four end. Yeah. I, yes, it does. He struggled against Alabama uh, taking on double teams, but he's still extremely young and powerful in the base. He's one of those guys that's going to like, it's going to be year three before you really start to understand what he is in the NFL. Uh, kind of like what we're seeing with Ed Oliver this season. I mean, the bills have the best defense in football right now. Ed Oliver, you saw the tools, the flashes, et cetera, year one, but he was still putting it together. Now he's looking incredible. Um, so that's probably going to be the case with Leal. Um, but 6'4", 285, do you lose 10 pounds and be a heavy edge, or do you put on 10 pounds? And It'll get lighter. Yeah, uh, some of them do. Uh, not typically, but... The big, the big guy, Jordan Davis, might play at 350, but typically yeah. they don't get yeah. they don't get smaller as, yeah. they, as, they get, as they get older. They, they keep adding weight. Yeah, um, so... I always said... You can you can tell the, uh, the 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 pro guys from the college guys, especially the linebackers, just in their hips and legs. It's uh you know there's there's twenty pounds of strength that that, that gets developed there. Yeah. Um, so typically, if you're two eighty five, you know, and you're kind of an in betweener, but mm-hmm. you can again in the NFL if you're in these three fours, these big ends, you can play end out there. Um, I'm, I'm getting kind of a a signal loss here. Connection is unstable. So I'm going to switch to a different, uh, different router and I will be right back. All right. I can talk edge for a little bit longer. Um, while we're doing that, a couple other guys that have really caught my eye this year, uh, Arnold Evacati from Penn state. He absolutely destroyed, um, Nicholas Petit Friere, uh, who's a, probably going to be a top 50 pick at tackle for Ohio state. Uh, he's a temple tr- uh, grad transfer or a temple transfer. He's really exciting for Penn state. I've really enjoyed him. Jermaine Johnson, six, five, two sixty five. Um, for Florida State, he's another transfer as well, who's been playing excellent football this year. For your Sooner fans out there, Nick Benito, he's more of a your lightweight 3-4 stand-up edge, uh, but he's really talented. And then somebody who hasn't gotten a lot of hype, but I've thought looks, has looked pretty good out there is uh, Kingsley Enigbare uh, for South Carolina. So it's a, re- it's a really good edge class. And my understanding right now is that if the Broncos, and again, this could be completely BS, because last year, George Payton, we talked, you know, oh, what's George Payton going to do over here and whispers about quarterback or Rashawn Slater, blah, 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 pulls uh, Patrick Sertan out of his butt. You know, nobody, <laughs> there was no whisper that the Broncos were going to go cornerback at all um, after they did what they did in free agency. Yeah, the free agency thing changed that for sure. You thought, yeah. you thought yeah. it might. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but I'm, I'm certainly good. glad if you needed a corner. Yeah. You got Patrick there. Sertan. Yeah. Um, and corner could be on the menu as well. Uh, if the Broncos... Obviously, the match quarters thing, the two high safeties is the rage in the NFL. But if you have the dudes to play, the horses to play, uh, cover one, cover two man with man up corners, that's still king in the NFL if you can do that. You know, just my guy beats your guy, but you have to have the horses at the cornerback position. So we'll see. But right now, I would say edge is the way to go, um, if not quarterback. Sean coming back in saying, I'm on call. Denver versus, I'm going to call it now. Denver versus LA Super Bowl. Vaughn wins his second MVP. So Denver loses to the Rams in the Super Bowl. You know what? That would be poetic justice. I can't see you. 
the path to Denver getting to the Super Bowl this year would be incredible. Um, I, I'm, I'm here. Even if they lose to the Rams, that would suck, but I'm here for the ride. Um, Please coming in. I wouldn't quit your day job. All right. Well. <laughs> so um, let me uh, let me let me roll through a couple of these too, Nick. I want to make yeah, sure we hit the hit the stars questions coming in, and then we can we can we can jump back before they scroll off for me. But uh, JD eight hundred one. That's a new name. I don't recognize yeah. that name. Uh, congratulations, Scott, for the Braves win. You know, normally I kind of joke was like, well, I, I didn't. I, I feel weird taking congratulations as a fan. I, I feel this time, man, we've earned it. <laughs> Atlanta fans, we've suffered. We've earned this, uh, yeah. but actually, you know, in a, in a sense, you know, I'm a, I'm an Atlanta United season ticket holder, and and they won uh, they won the whole thing in MLS, I think 2018. So this is like turning into title town, Atlanta yeah. title town. Uh, but Peter's coming in uh, with some stars. Appreciate you coming in, saying let's go crazy. Uh, the Broncos win with Judy getting 100 plus yards. Patrick is Mr. Reliable and Sutton going well too. There's three pretty good weapons there for sure, Nick. Yeah, uh, it'd be nice if uh, Noah Fant would uh, do something, but he sounds like he's going to be out. So maybe it's the Alberto Cuebanam show. Um, we know that uh, the Cowboys, they have a very good defense, but they've had some, they've lost some body to the linebacker position. And Micah Parsons, for as incredibly gifted he is as an athlete, uh, asking him to go backwards has never been his, you know, he's not Luke Keekley out there uh, as far as a coverage player goes. An incredible athlete coming downhill, sideline to sideline, going backwards is not his game. Okay. So maybe. If I need coverage, I'm going to bring in Keanu Neal and I'm going to move Micah Parsons, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage and let him go after the quarterback. So he's still going to be dangerous, just in a different, different way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this might be, this could be a good wake up call. The fans out and Okawebenam is the number one right there. Yeah. You know, this could be uh, the the fire that needs to be lit under Noah Fant because Okawebenam is certainly capable of having a big day. Yeah, he is. And uh, hats off to him. Um, picking up first downs on checkdowns, you know, like people get upset about the checkdowns for Teddy Bridgewater, and I get it. Sometimes he gets there too quickly, but Drew, Drew Brees made an entire career off of throwing it short of the sticks and then letting his guys. Tom Brady. Uh, and, say, there's another guy with a bunch of Super Bowl rings that's yeah. done that too. And if you want to have issues with that, the I mean, a why do you have plays designed with routes that are short of the sticks if your quarterback is throwing it short of the sticks constantly? That's question number one. B um, if they are short of sticks, they are designed to get a player in space and have that player win a matchup. And that hasn't been the case this year for the Broncos. So um, plenty of blame to go around for that kind of thing. But, you know, maybe Okwebedon can do some stuff after the catch. We've seen it with Judy and uh, Williams. They've been great after the catch. So we'll see. And I've, I now I almost did it. Yvonne coming in. I had to I had to correct the guys yesterday in the chat. I'm like, with a name like Perez, it's not Ivan. It's not, it's not, it's not Ivan, you know, Kolonoski here. It's, uh, it's, it's Perez. So we're going to say either Ivan or Ivan, Ivan, Ivan makes most sense to me. So yeah. welcome. And thanks for the stars. And good morning, Jason coming in. I usually put in a comment here. It says when I, when I'm typing in the background, no, uh, no comment, just showing some love. So yeah. uh, we certainly appreciate that. And then we had several coming in. Uh, Ivan came in actually with, with a comment also. It says morning. There Is there any chance we beat the Cowboys this weekend? Never say never, but it, it it doesn't look good. Yeah, I mean, if the Jets can beat the Bengals, can beat the Ravens, can beat the Broncos, can beat the Jets, can beat the ba- like forever on a circle, right? Um, any given Sunday in the NFL is very true. It always will be. Um, the distributive property does not exist for who beats who. And I know that we love to use it in this time of year for college football, um, but in the NFL especially, it doesn't work that way. No, so the, the, the Broncos teams are too similar for the most part for – 
you know, where anybody can beat anybody on any given day. But over the course of a 17-game season, the cream's going to rise to the top. And they're going to win 75% of the time. Yep. In this case, on the road, 90% of the time. Yeah, it will be tough, but uh, you bet your butt I'm going to tune in and be pulling for the Broncos. And uh, you never know. I mean, maybe... Maybe this is a game. The defense looked like it was starting to click on the back end last week. Granted, Taylor Heineke was missing throws left and right, and Dak is not going to do that, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in, saying, interesting to see Fant won't play for the next few weeks. Alberto Cuevenom, uh, it's your time to shine. Honestly, I did not see that Fant is going to be out multiple games. He's on the uh, reserve list with mm-hmm. the sickness. Um, so Could just take one game, though, right, right Wally Pip. You know, yeah. anytime there's something like this happens, you you know, the, the name Wally Pip always comes along and Nick should understand that because that was too yeah. old for me to remember. I just know baseball. Yeah, no, nope. um, uh, we called that one before. I I need to do some digging at some point. I went down the rabbit hole yesterday as far as I, I've seen a lot of people talking about raw points per game versus points per possession. And the Broncos this year are averaging like three less possessions compared to last year because mm-hmm. they're not turning over the football uh, at such but a high ben, But they'll break, you know, the, the Ben, but don't break defense yeah doesn't bode well for time of possession you know nope. if you're letting guys go down 12 13 plays and kick a field goal well, you just lost six minutes seven minutes yeah and, and, and that every time and there's you know, some... there was a comment there was a comment about the defense says we we didn't play good defense less you know on our on our stream from tuesday so the defense did a good job someone came in and said they didn't do a good defense we only forced them to punt once i'm like i, I get that point i yeah. i certainly do um but you know 19 points um, you know, in a way, it wasn't even 19. You hold them to what was the score? 12, 13, 13 points. It's 10 or 13. Yeah. But you held them to a, a low total, um, won the turnover battle, um, That's all the these type one. of things. It was a yeah. good performance, not a dominating, great performance and getting the guys off the field quicker certainly mm-hmm. helps get get your, get your team more possessions. Let them build a rhythm going, let them start to, to, Force the force the line of scrimmage and wear down another defense. Can't do yeah. that if the guys are if you're bending it, don't breaking all the time. It makes it tough. Yeah, the Broncos this year are uh, bottom ten in passing offenses, giving up uh, giving up explosive plays on defense. So that's uh, explosive passes. Excuse me. So that's not very good. Um, and the offense, in theory, is doing what you'd hope they would do as far as complementing the defense. Um, the Broncos are number five in the NFL in time of possession per drive. Um, last year, they were 29th. So that's a big difference compared to last year. And this year, the defense is average starting field position. Um, so like where they take the field, where the opponent has the ball when the defense takes the field is second best in the NFL. And they're still struggling. So um, it's unfortunate the defense has been so uh, middling. They're not even middling. They're bottom. They're closer to bottom five this year than they are top 10. Um, but uh, it's where we are at right now, and hopefully they'll start to get it together. Uh, Shane Daniels saying, morning, Nick and Scott. If and when the Broncos hire a new coaching staff, is there any position coach you would like to keep? Um, this one maybe is a little bit of a deep dive for Scott, so I'll yeah, go that for you. I was going to read it so because I was just going to punt it right over to you. Um, yeah. You know, the, as far as the position coaches, you know, I know you've got a pretty good reputation on the offensive line, but the offensive line's underperforming. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's going to be completely 100% up to whoever comes in as a head coach and, and, you know, and George Payton. Yeah. Um, so, I, and, and most of the time they like to bring in their own guys. Yeah. So, but they do keep some guys around as well. Um, just looking at the Broncos coaching staff, I would hope whoever comes in would keep Zach Azani. He's five years of experience. 
Um, and he is, he was a coach at LSU as well for wide receivers. Maybe it was offensive uh, control or quality control, but Zach is is very highly thought of. I'd like to keep him. I would love to keep uh, Chris Cooper, who was a Broncos uh guard for years and now he's got six years in the league as coaching uh curtis modkins maybe for running back coaches i know i'd love to keep mike munchak as well maybe the maybe the offensive line hasn't been as good as you'd hope but i mean still mike munchak's reputation speaks for itself he's been so good for so long on the defensive side of the ball uh i would like to keep reggie herring uh he's outlived a few coaching staffs here with a linebacking coach and i think he's done a pretty good i mean what he's done with Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson and some of these other linebackers to take these small Kenny Young in two Kenny days. Young. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, these, they haven't really given him a high investment and he's still turning out quality players. So I think that's, that's very important. Um, also there's Bill Kolar uh, is another guy whose name speaks for itself. Uh, really highly thought of people love to talk about him uh, fighting a bear. He worked with the, Texans for a number of years, like JJ Watt says, he's one of the most important coaches that he's ever worked with. So I'd like to keep Bill Kohler around as well, but it's, uh, it's most important to get that. Well, it's most important to get the quarterback, right. And then after that, get the head coach and those defensive offensive coordinators. But uh, I'd like to keep a few of these guys around for sure. Well, and, and part of it, again, it's a, it's a trust factor. Yeah. You know, if you're coming in, especially if you're a young coach, you know, having a veteran guy come in who you, if you're looking over your shoulder, see after my job all the time, that can be a, a little scary. Yeah, no, absolutely. We got Mile High Truth coming in saying, what's up? What's up to you? I like your little uh, caricature there. It's good to see you. Um, we got Tony Nagy saying, my son is going to hassle me after the game. If your son's a Cowboys fan, um, I guess uh, God bless him because it's been a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> Bar- the dogs are barking. Uh, that's <laughs> it, It's sometimes that way, man. I feel that. Typically, it's my cat actually is the annoying one. Um, my wife would get mad at me for saying that, but, uh, it's true. Um, but if your son is uh, going to hassle you after the game, you know what? I'm glad that they can have their time. That's good. We got, uh, Tyler coming in over on Facebook saying Denver wins versus the cowgirls 27 to 10. And I know the Broncos aren't very good right now, but I'm going to take you guys down memory lane real quick because that's, uh, that's unfortunately where we are as a Broncos country to enjoy ourselves. But the last time Denver went to Dallas, it was probably one of the most fun, exciting games I've ever seen in my life. Um, and that was that Tony Romo versus Peyton Manning shootout where the final score was like 54 to 48. And the game ended with a Danny Trevathan interception. And uh, there was the play where Peyton Manning on whatever it was, goal to go. It was there on the goal line and they handed it off and Peyton Manning with the naked boot um, just waltzes into the end zone. I mean, DeMarcus Ware was sitting there like, oh my God, Peyton Manning kept the ball there. Like that ancient dude um, and ran it in. So uh, man, that was a, that was a heck of a game. Uh, we got BX Bronco Jedi saying, Nick, you need Broncos curtains. Um, well, this is a uh, shared office space with my wife. So uh, if you can convince the wife, then uh, we're good to go. But uh, it can't be it can't be that much different than, you know, the banner hanging in the background. The banner goes up and down after the shows. Oh, OK. OK. So. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, a nice navy blue that would work or Broncos blue would work back there. You know, add a little yeah, color. Yeah. yeah, that would not be. That would not be the worst. Honestly, that curtain was there when we moved into this rental property, but uh, it's definitely an option. Um, So let's get into this Dallas game a little bit, unless there are any other supers or points that you want to get into. But uh, Broncos versus Cowboys, obviously the Broncos are not going to be favored in this game. Cowboys are a legit Super Bowl contender. Um, Dan Quinn has galvanized that defense to some extent. Um, They are are much better than they have been for years. Um, And Mm -hmm. part of that is hitting on some draft picks and whatnot on that side of the ball. You got to do that if you're going to turn that around like they are. But I think that defense has looked a little better, and it real, the real story is the offense. Um, they are going to be – sounds like they are going to be missing Tyron Smith, who has probably been the 
first or second best uh, or top three left tackle in the last decade um, in the NFL. He's incredible. Uh, man, what a player in the same draft as Von Miller too, but um, he might be out. They still have a good offensive line. They have great uh, pass catchers, Amari Cooper, uh, CD lamb. And then of course, Michael Gallup. But the real story is Dak Prescott, man. He is great quarterback, Mississippi state uh, drafted in the fourth round. There was a lot of talk about, is he worth paying? Is he not worth paying? Well, he looks like somebody who's worth paying um, an incredible quarterback, not top five in the NFL, but definitely top 10. Um, and uh, Cowboys got it right with Dak and he looks incredible. All right. So here's the thing about uh, make sure I've unmuted. I'm not sure after I yelled and blew a the blood dog. vessel in my eye. I think that's the glow that uh, that Jay Roper is talking about um, that uh they don't need Dak Prescott to win this game. That's the unfortunate truth about this. Um, you know, their their offense, if you look at their their rushing offense right now, it's second in the league. You know who first and third are? Cleveland and Baltimore. Hmm. How did that, that work out? You know, we talk about that bend but don't break defense against the number one and number three run, rushing attack. It didn't. They, they ran and they were in second and short constantly. They kept yeah. the ball away from me, wore you down. Uh, force some mistakes late where you're pressing, um, you know, and, and don't let you get into a rhythm that way. Uh, and what was interesting to me is watching the first half, I'm like, all they did was run the ball, you know, run it constantly. And they were behind. And I was like, well, they must have, you know, protected Cooper Rush in this game. And I bring up the stats. It's like, he threw 41 times. Um, they only rushed the ball seven times in the second half as they were making mm. a comeback uh, and, and ended up winning that game. So they put it on Cooper Rush's and Kellen Moore's shoulders to win that game. Mm -hmm. And they did, but they can still run against you even without Dak Prescott and Cooper rush was serviceable enough to go on the road and win in Minnesota. Are they good enough to then stay at home and beat the Denver Broncos? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at their pass rush, their, their speed and their front four is frightening. Randy Gregory is just getting after the quarterback. Micah Parsons is a wild card that he can play anywhere. And it's, it's a guy that you and I talked about as far as, you know, the positional value. I'm like, you know, for me, game changers supersede positional value. If, mm -hmm. if you get the game changer and to your point, you've always said the risk, it becomes more of a risk. Um, you know, it's Kyle Hamilton. If he, if he is a game changer, if he becomes that game changer, I don't care that he's a safety. I want him. I want him. I'll use a high pick on him. Yeah. And for me, Micah Parsons was that type of talent that he could have been a top five type of pick. I think he's playing that way. So the rookie yeah. was NFC defensive player of the week. Uh, they're susceptible to the pass. They're, uh, I think, 29th on defense against the pass. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's good to have Jerry Judy back and those weapons back. It hurts missing fan, but it's again, it's time for Oka Webinom to, to show up. So if you're going to move the ball against these guys, you're going to move it on the air and you better, you better stop the run for a change. Cause if you don't, yeah. it doesn't matter what you do. If they're in second and short, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, absolutely. And we got Joe coming in here with a good question. Uh, based on what we've seen so far, Lamb or Judy, who are you taking? Uh, right now I'd probably have to say lamb, but this is a hundred percent, you know, wide receiver is a dependent position on the quarterback. And Judy's been catching footballs from Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and CD lamb has been catching footballs from Dak Prescott. So, uh, right now I'd have to go with CD lamb. Um, also lamb hasn't had the injury like Judy has, which is, you know, bigger sample size, not playing that factors in, but that factors yep. into which one, which one yep. of these guys you want also, which one has been able to stay on the field a little bit better. Yep. Um, um 
This, this right question was asked at the beginning of the season when we were running through the uh, in the preseason. We were running through the schedule. We both said the same thing at the time, and I don't think either one of us have changed our mind. We'd, we'd go CD Lamb right now. Yeah, the real answer is uh, Justin Jefferson, but um, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> given there. Uh, Peter coming in saying uh, we talked about fan, his family, his age, and being patient, but how long availability? Um, I'm going to add a little bit of nuance there. I don't know if he's been absolutely poor, um, and some of it I would say is schematic as well. Uh, not trusting the tackles, uh, you know, the offensive line in general struggling, not having a short game winner in the past game means that Fant is probably going to have to be kept close to the line of scrimmage as well. Um, so the, all those things factor in, but you still have a year and a half of control on Fant, maybe two and a half years of control. He's only 24 years old. Uh, I think the big thing is you, if you were getting rid of him, he would, you would be selling really low and talent. And it is with that first round pick pedigree on him. You know, that's a selling point for whatever offensive coaching staff you can bring in next year. Like, oh, our last guys couldn't unlock this, but we got a six foot five, two fifty five mm-hmm. guy who runs a four, 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 five, forty. Like, who wouldn't want that? I know that he has been disappointing compared to his draft stock. I mean, the guy that I wanted in that draft class went one pick before us in uh, Jeffrey Simmons, who is now an incredible defensive tackle for the uh, Tennessee Titans, probably one of their best players. Um, but you know, I, you'd be selling so low on Fant right now. He's more valuable, especially with the years of control and the fact that because he's on a rookie contract, those guys have bigger signing bonuses and that stays on your cap. So it's not like not even like you're going to get that much cap relief from moving on from him either. So all those factors to me point to sticking on to him. That being said, if Alberto Coivinon comes in and plays better, Fant's going to have to re-earn that spot. He's going to have to become re-earn the chance to be tight end one. Maybe you use more 12 personnel. I'd have to dig in to see where the Broncos are more efficient this year. 11 personnel versus 12 personnel. But um, it's it's not a bad problem to have two guys that are that you like that are athletic specimens. Fans got to play better, though. I mean, that's that's just the bottom line. He's got to play better. I was looking at, uh, at Noah Fant's contract right now because that's how I was going to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. How much longer do you have? He's uh, He's under contract. For this year and next year, and, and you've got the option for 2023. I don't think they'll pick it up. Yeah. So, again, um, he's got this year and maybe to the trade deadline next year yep. before. But as uh, the question is, is, how long do you go with him? Could be this week, honestly. You know, Okawebanom could go in there and go for 200 yards, and all of a sudden, you know, I want that guy starting. And now Fant yeah. has got to work his way back into it. So yep, it could be this week. This is a, a good chance for Okawebanom to say, hey, that's 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 my position. Yeah, that would, be, that would be great. I'm golden opportunity here, right? Like this is what you want to do. And maybe with that, you become a little bit more versatile with your uh, – tight end usage your personnel usage and maybe you bring in somebody hey uh, what's arthur smith up to maybe he wants to hop over to denver and uh, run some 12 personnel stuff <laughs> well, you know that it's, it's coaches don't leave nfl jobs for another nfl job no you I, know like there's no there's no job hopping like that where you get a promotion in college yeah you know that's that's more of the wild wild west but very rarely do you say okay i'm gonna go hire this head coach for my head coaching position yeah. um the, that doesn't the, happen real often the one that comes to mind for me that could be a fit for that type of personnel usage is uh, Doug Peterson um, because the they obviously had Zach Ertz and then invested a high second-round pick in Dallas Goddard, and they used a heck of a lot of 12 personnel um, with Doug Peterson there. So uh, that's one that I think of, but you know we'll see. Uh, DWI guys, man, keeping the lights on for Broncos for breakfast, and we're going to be able to have some bottomless mimosas for Broncos for brunch. With, uh, well, not, with I, owe him a, uh, I owe him a mug. Oh, absolutely. So- Make sure you, you hit me up. I'm going to actually – don't everybody uh, spam me in here. I'm going to put my email address in here. I want you to, to hit me up. 
at Gmail. I'm not hard to find, so I don't really mind giving this out to y'all. Yeah. Um, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, this but my email address is in the chat. Skinnity, my redneck, but people are like, are you sure it's an I? I'm like, yeah, S. Kennedy was pretty much taken, but all my redneck buddies at Auburn called me, hey, Skinnity, what's up? So I've been Skinnity since, you know, early 90s. Uh, hit me go. up. I, I want to send you a mug as a thank you, a small token of our appreciation to say thank you for all the support on Broncos for breakfast. Well, there you go. Thank you so much, DWI guys. We'll definitely get you a mug. Hopefully you're a coffee drinker. If not, you know, put your whiskey in there. Um, 51 to 48, great game back in 2013. Oh, I've missed great offensive production from our Broncos. Uh, DWI guys, I I feel you there. Um, it's painful, right? Like, it'd be fun. The Broncos haven't just been bad, but they've been bad and boring. And that is a bad place to be. And that's when you see, you know, what was it? 13,000 fans not show up uh, to the game. So, um you know, great defense is awesome. I love great defense. I kind of have to being where my fandom is right now with the Hawkeyes and the Broncos. Uh, but maybe like a new uniform, something a little bit more schnazzy, a little brighter and uh, some high flying offense. That would be pretty fun. Even if they're giving up, you know, 40 points a game, at least let's uh, let's get like the make those fantasy football people happy. Yeah. Um, when you're losing games, you know, 19 to 12 or, you know, yeah. or you're in it and it's still and, and as soon as you fall behind, you have absolutely no faith in coming back and winning. It's it's. Yeah. Depressing is not the right word, but it, it's it's disheartening. You're like, eh, yeah. here we go. This one's over. Uh, yeah. You know, we're not we're not coming back on this. And again, I went through the diatribe yesterday. I think about the the word hope and what it means for everybody and why it's so important to sports fans. And when you lose it, you know you're yeah. you're you're in trouble. And fourteen thousand people, thirteen thousand and change, they lost hope, and that speaks volumes. That, that speaks more volumes than 2 million Broncos fans on Twitter bitching about anything. Yeah. Uh, the 12,000 that said, we're not going. Hit that, where it hurts. that speaks louder. So yep. if, you want, if you want change, that's how you do it. Congratulations. Yeah. And Jesse, Jesse 13 coming in and saying, how many penalties from Fant this week? Bet me, guys, right now. Somebody at me on Twitter and bet me this because I'm going to go with zero because Fant is not going to play. Yeah, he's out. He's going to get um, a personal foul penalty for being on the – actually, if he's in COVID protocol, he's probably not allowed to be there in street clothes no, either. So No. Nope. Uh, don't say that word. Going to get in trouble. Um, <clears throat> YouTube will demonetize you if you do that, so you got to be careful. Um, good morning, Scott and Nick. Sorry a little late. I'm curious beyond the quarterback. Is there a right tackle or edge rusher in the upcoming draft? And your thoughts on the possibility of Vaughn doing a Shannon Sharp? There's a lot of edge rushers. Kind of ran through that list earlier. Travis, if you have any – you want to talk about that, hit me up because that goes about – 10 deep at edge rusher in this class, but I think there are three that rise above uh, the rest of the class. Um, and if you have a chance at one of those guys, I think it's a no brainer. Um, right tackle. This is also a pretty deep tackle class. I'm not as big on Evan Neal as the general consensus where like some people are like, he could go number one overall or number two overall with Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't think he's that level of player. I think he's more, he's more of a going forward right tackle. He'll go in the top 15 barring something, you know, coming out about his, work ethic or attitude or behavior, et cetera, et cetera, or uh, medicals. Um, but he'll go high. There's a lot of other tackles too. So this is a, uh, this is a pretty good tackle class. And uh, you're reading my mind, Travis. If it's not quarterback this off season, I think you need to get better in the trenches at a premium position, which would probably be edge or tackle. The only caveat I would add there would be uh, if the Broncos go to a scheme that is more cover two man or cover one heavy, you need bodies at cornerback. You need difference makers at cornerback. It's a good cornerback class too. Um, it, I can it, see that. Can it see should that. be good crossover content for Falcons and Broncos because you're both looking at the, the offensive and defensive lines. Yeah. So, you know, when we do our other shows and you want to talk draft, uh, when we talk Falcons on Wednesdays, come on in because you're looking at the exact same things 
Um, you've got to get more. You've got to be able to again. You got to be able to run the ball and stop the run, protect the quarterback, get after the quarterback. If you can't do those things, nothing else matters. Yep. Um, to a you know, we can. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but uh, you know, I I think unless the right quarterback is available, again, we've talked about. Nick has said this a hundred times. I don't want the wrong guy. I don't want the the wrong quarterback here. So don't reach. Don't reach for the wrong quarterback. Fortify those lines of scrimmage. And if you have to tread water for another year until the right guy comes along, then you're ready. Then it's a plug and play. Then you're more of a Mac Jones than a Zach Wilson who, you know, or a Trevor Lawrence, who we've talked about the scary part of having those guys on those teams. Forget if they're really good or not. You're going to beat them. You're going to beat them down. They're going to struggle and you can, you can crush a guy like that. Um, you, You know, you can, you can ruin his career before it even gets started. Yeah, and I wouldn't hate, um, let's say the Broncos right now, they're 4-4. Four and four. This is a team that schedules really tough from here on out. Maybe they finish picking 16. And at that point, if there's a quarterback you love um, and he falls to you and you don't have to trade up and give up multiple resources to get him, very much like the Patriots sitting there at 15 and taking Mac Jones, you can take a swing. I think that's, I mean, even though I don't mm-hmm. love this quarterback class, you can take a swing. That's not, you're not mortgaging your future to go up and get a guy. Like like the 49, 49ers, they can't go out and get a quarterback because mm-hmm. – they invested multiple years and not that they should, cause I really like Lance, but still like uh, the Broncos, if they sit there at 16 and let's say they take Sam Howell, I'm not a big fan, but let's say they like him for whatever reason. Um, you take him at 16 and you get a year of him in your organization. Forget even playing a year of him in your organization. You should have enough data to be like, okay, yay or nay going forward and then make a decision in 2023. It will wait and, a little yeah, bit. And, but... and it doesn't prevent you from going and getting one the next year. Exactly. Know, to your point as well. Yeah. And, and Jay, Coming in and saying, Diamond, Diamond Rattler, can you call your cousin Spencer and let him know to pick up his play? We need a QB. Uh, I got news for you. There's no picking up this play because he ain't playing. Uh, Caleb Williams has got that job on lockdown now. And if you're going to call up Spencer, ask him where he's transferring. Because because yeah. that's that's going to be the story of the offseason with Spencer Rattler is uh, where are you going in the transfer portal? Uh, and and that could actually, speaking of quarterbacks, he's got as much arm talent and, and, and raw talent as anybody in 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 the uh in college football right now but he's got to do some maturing and this could be a humbling experience for him and comes out stronger for it and goes and has an amazing 2022 and jumps back into the top 10 of the draft for 2023 three good lord time goes fast (laughs) yeah it does i really like 2023 right now at a quarterback class um the probably the best quarterback prospect in football is not going to be available until 2024. And Caleb Williams, the guy who took over for uh, Spencer Rattler. I mean, Caleb Williams, man, he's got, <laughs> he's got a gun and he's a, he's a big boy. He's a lot of fun, but uh, I'm a huge fan of CJ Stroud at Ohio state. Um, Bryce young is making uh, an incredible season at Alabama. Um, I also am very intrigued by uh, Florida's uh, Anthony Richardson, who is a heck, heck of an athlete as well. Um, so we'll see um, talking quarterbacks. I think that's going to be the case until it's not, um, but we'll see. Uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in saying, go Broncos for life from Tucson, Arizona. The, um, the praying hands. Yeah, God bless you, Michael. We appreciate you coming in. Um, you're amazing. Uh, we always appreciate you. Always, Also, always appreciate the shout out after the show on mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Of you. Yeah. Uh, again, makes you feel makes you feel good. You get enough yeah. hate. You know, you do this. I so say, you know, you've made it once you start getting haters. And, uh, and spam, once you start getting spam, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> when, when people start coming in and, and hating on you and spam, you, you're doing well, but it, it feels, it feels good, uh, having this conversation every morning with, with guys like you, Michael, appreciate you. 
Yeah, thank you so much. And we got Anthony Petros coming in here um, saying, do you think where we are, not where, do you think we are stacking draft picks for an offseason trade at quarterback? If so, who's a real possibility? Uh, I don't think the Broncos have the buying power of some of these. I mean, I know they don't have the buying power of some of these teams. The Eagles possibly have three top 10 picks. Uh, Miami, I think, has... I don't know what actually but my traded one away. Yeah, they traded their own away, which is high. Um, I know Detroit has a lot of capital as well. So those are teams that in theory should have more buying ability than you do. And frankly, Miami's going after a quarterback too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, Tua is uh I'm really having a hard time with my quarterback scouting um methodology. Detroit's going after a quarterback too. Yeah, God, Jared Goff is bad. You know, there's some <laughs> there's some the bad teams that are up there that have some draft capital. Um, they're going, they're going after the quarterback, but they'll want to rebuild and they wouldn't be able to go get a guy like you're talking about, uh, Anthony with a, an off season trade. Yeah. Um, you know, to talk about Russell Wilson to talk about Aaron Rodgers, to Sean Watson, if we want to talk about reasons not to tank and eke by at 500, that that's at least the reason why, Yeah. you know, you're not going to get a, a good quarterback to come to Denver. If you finish, where, where are we right now? Four and four. Yep. Four and four. You go six and 11, forget an off season trade for a quarterback that, that is a championship caliber quarterback. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, you know, it could be that uh, the team fell apart and maybe it's a package deal because not only is it at six and 11, would it be a new team coming in, but you're going to have a new coach as well. And that might have a say, I mean, but some of Russell Wilson's best year was with Daryl Bevel uh, as his offensive coordinator. And maybe you bring in Daryl Bevel and then like Russell's like, Hey, let Russ cook. Let's go do it. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but I agree with you. If you don't, uh, if you struggle down the stretch, it's, it's a harder sell. Uh, Travis coming in saying, personally, I see Peyton going all in on Rogers, even if we get a new coaching staff. So address offensive line and edge rusher in the draft. Uh, I mean, yes, I agree with you on that, Travis. But if you're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, what draft capital are you giving up to get him? So I wanted that one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's just a, <laughs> what do you think it's going to take to get Aaron Rodgers? You won't have draft yeah. capital to address the, the offensive linemen and edge rushers in the draft. If you go after Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you know, that's that's the again, that's why you have to finish strong. If you want to go get a guy like that, you got to convince him that your roster is ready now because you're not going to be able to build anything up with the draft or maybe even in free agency because he eats up all your cap space um, if you go get a quarterback of that caliber. One of the reasons the Broncos have so much cap space right now is because they don't have a $25 million quarterback on the roster right now. Yep. That And if you want to win and win big, you probably need one. There goes most of your cap space, available cap space right now. And to get a guy like that without having to, to – uh, to get a guy like that without having a draft for him, you got to give up your draft, multiple drafts yeah, to go and do it. Yep. So it's, it's tough. That's why, you know, we have harped a zillion times that Pat, you know, as much as you like Kyle Pitts in Atlanta, as much as you like, uh, as much as you like Pat Sertan in, uh, in Denver, it was risky passing mm. on a quarterback in the top 10 because it is incredibly expensive to move up, to get one in the draft. And it's even more expensive to get an established one through a trade. So it's yep. risky. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't want to be, you know, a Debbie Downer for you guys. You know, we're all talking, you know, Russell Wilson, Sean Watson, Aaron Rodgers, maybe even uh, Kirk Cousins. I know we'll get some eye rolls for that, but I mean, he's better than Denver's had for a long time. And if you can Kirk get Cousins him, is a pretty good quarterback. Yeah. Unless you ask his wide receivers agents who are on Twitter getting upset. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> wide receivers became the quarterbacks of the 80s, you know, as far as yeah. the divas go. 
Oh yeah, you know, they're big they, they became the divas for sure. Um, but uh, that another Kirk Cousins, maybe Matt Ryan. Although you, the way the contract is set up, that's that's a hard ask. Um, you guys will hate this, but right now, just my <laughs> me putting on me opening my third eye. It seems like right now the most likely scenario is that you are bringing in another stopgap in 2022, whether that be Teddy Bridgewater again on a one-year contract. I know, guys, I'm so sorry. Um, or, you know, Marcus Mariota or Tyrod Taylor, you know, like that vein of quarterback. And then pairing that with a late round one, day two to day two quarterback uh, in this draft. And then you kind of like you give yourself time at the quarterback position for that guy just to see if he's, you know, you should know pretty much immediately whether or not they have it from the intangibles side of things, how they come in and conduct themselves and the tools side of things. Um, but I don't think any of these quarterbacks besides maybe Kenny Pickett are ready to come in and play day one, given how vastly different the offenses they play in college compared to uh, the NFL. I mean, it's like no, it's, when you're, when you're drafting it, it that, when we talk about rebuild, it's not tearing down your entire roster, Yeah. but drafting a rookie quarterback when you don't have an established one yeah. in the first round, that signals a rebuild that signals, we're not ready right now. I don't. I don't care who you are. You know, this isn't a rookie quarterback. Might be good enough to make you the playoffs mm-hmm. if your roster is just absolutely loaded. Yep, that's it. Yeah, I agree with you there. And it's uh, we got float coming in saying, "I say we draft a quarterback in the first round and solve our other problems in other rounds." In an ideal scenario, yes, you do that. But uh, in this last scenario, I was a big Justin Fields guy. Um, obviously the Broncos were not. And from what my understanding is, it was the epilepsy was the enough of an option to be like, you know what? That's just enough of a factor where we are already on edge. We're going to go the other way and go with the guy that we absolutely love in Sertan. I respect it. It's not what I would have done, but I, I, I respect at least the thought process in that scenario. Um, and again, you're, you're, it looks like you've hit that's yeah. that, That's the important part. If you yep. get a pro bowl corner with a number nine pick, good. Yep. Good. You're yep. that's a good pick. Yep but you still are down three runs and you got to hit, you got to hit on a quarterback at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, float, I agree, I agree with you. You got to hit on a quarterback in the first round, but if the right guy's not there, if you're not in a situation to do it, I we've already waited six years. I'm fine waiting a seventh year, honest to God, because we've already been in pain. The one thing I, I do not want them to do is not only in, not invest in the wrong guy. Like that's obviously duh, don't invest in the wrong guy. But if you are unsure, it's best to go a year by year basis. So that way you're not committed for multiple seasons. That way you have the flexibility year by year. I know the Broncos going into this season. It's not exciting going into the year. Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Locke. It's not what anybody wants, but at least you're not on the hook for a quarterback that you don't love for three or four years. It was a low risk, low reward scenario where the, with with Teddy Bridgewater, where Drew Mm -hmm. might've been a little bit of high risk, higher reward, but it was definitely higher risk. Didn't cost you anything. Teddy didn't cost you anything. Yeah, you know the old phrase: it, "It you get what you pay for." But if you're again, this signals. You know, I've heard the discussion on here, and this kind of just hit me. Of you know, Vic Fangio it signals they went out and got his quarterback. They did all these things for Vic. I'm like, did he? Did, did George Payton really do that, or do you go get a one year guy because he's he's on a one year trial? I'm going to come in. I'm going to give these guys one year. That's it. And now I got a clean slate. Yeah, Broncos have a clean slate. George Payton has a clean slate. He came in pretty low risk this year, knowing that I've, I've got a, a coaching staff that's not mine and I can start moving stuff around. I can start getting draft picks. And if it doesn't work in a year, they're all gone. They're yep. all gone. I mean, as callous as it sounds, that's what excites general managers, having mm-hmm. the flexibility to make moves like that. That's what they get yep. up for in the morning. So 
that George Payton should be fairly giddy right now with the possibilities that he has moving forward because he's not strapped with a $20 million quarterback. Uh, he's not strapped with a coaching staff and they get to, they get to start fresh. Yep. No, absolutely. Uh, Broncos first in draft. Um, I think this was Broncos 17 and no based on the picture. So I see you changed your name. You changed your perspective there. Broncos uh, first in draft um, making me laugh. Thank you for that. Good morning. $20. No, I can't do it again. Get in a line, please. Oh, good morning, fellas. Get a line. Uh, get a line. Um, to me, to me, to me, Jim's saying fix the offensive and defensive lines first. Yeah. I think maybe he even means off. You got to let us know. Um, but I see a lot of people talking <laughs> about the offensive line versus the defensive line. And I know that we've had personally, I've had um, some strong pushback as far as like, Hey, I don't really like this quarterback class, but I really like the edge rushers. And then everybody's, you know, screaming Josh Allen and Bradley Chubb. Like, okay. If this was a 2018 draft class where you had, what was it? Five guys go in the first round um, and four in the top nine. No, no four in the top 10. Um, then, you know, maybe that's a different conversation. Uh, but every single draft class is different. And if you, I think you have a chance at one of the big three at the top, you probably won't where after the Broncos beat the Washington football team, but we'll see. Um, then you go that way. But I agree with you. If you're not going quarterback this year, uh, it's, you need to invest in the trenches. This team, I mean, the Broncos have used, I think one pick in the top 50, the last four years on the offensive or defensive lines. Um, yeah. That's not not ideal. I mean, they've used some. They've used a lot of round three picks, but not really. That's not a premium investment like uh, top fifty picks are. So um, we have Jeremy Shonson, seventeen and zero to first in the draft. He's at least able to adjust, unlike our coaches. Whammy, zing. That's <laughs> good one. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's rough. Um, we got and, and Jim was saying seventeen uh, first in the draft. Broncos. Jim was saying that both both lines. He, he wants both lines, and yeah. he must be closer to my age because that's how I think. Man, get the lines of scrimmage fixed. Get get them. Like I've said it before, I'll say it again. I apologize. If you can't run the ball, stop the run. Get after the quarterback. Protect the quarterback. You got no shot. You got yeah. none. No shot. Agree. And uh, Peter coming in here saying, really, I don't want a first round quarterback unless we go for the best one. That's the that's the rub this year, Peter. Um, right now, I don't know if there is a consensus best one and it might be a well, different. And that's fit. subjective. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's one, it's subjective and two, time will tell. So yep. if you get the if in five years, you said we got the best quarterback in the draft. And can, can you even go back through every draft and say, you know, every draft had a really good quarterback if we if we turn our, our no. hindsight eye on this? Or is there there's probably a couple drafts where you're like, man, there wasn't a quarterback that came out of this draft. Yeah. And that's the scary thing when you're in need of a quarterback of uh, that there isn't one available. But, you know, last year for those who needed pass rush, there wasn't a top 10 guy at, at edge. Seems mm -hmm. to be plenty this year. Hopefully, yeah. if you if you still need that guy, you didn't improve so much that now you're going to miss on them too. Yeah, um, but this is this is an interesting thought experiment, and this is where I'm at as far as this quarterback class right now. I mean, we still have a long way to go, and I have not gotten my hands on uh, actually one team. I do have some all twenty two on, but um, I haven't gotten my hands on the coaches' film yet for these quarterbacks to watch their eyes and their reads and whatnot and see what the safeties are doing. Uh, but um, no, that's what I had a homework assignment for Cam Rising. I don't remember who came in late, but I said I was going to watch him, and I did. I just watched highlights, mm -hmm. um, and highlights show you uh, basically raw tools, yes, quick release, yep. arm strength, mm -hmm. uh, running ability in a guy like Cam. Uh, he's a strong runner, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's basically all first reads or busted plays on highlights. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. And those are those are tougher to see. Okay, he can throw, he can run, but can he play quarterback? Yeah. Um, the numbers say he can, but I'll, I'll have more. So I don't remember who came in. I I, I told you I would watch for sure. And uh, again, the, the raw tools are definitely there. So I I did part of my homework assignment. What and which quarterback was that? Cam Rising, Utah. Oh, okay. See, Cam Rising. The thing about Cam for me is that. Uh, he wasn't even named the starter to start the season. Uh, he took over for Charlie. Yeah, that's okay. Baker Mayfield was a walk on, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not going to worry too much about that. Because once he's taken it, yeah. you know, once he's taken, what do you do with it? Once you've got it there. So the quarterback position is so unreliant on the physical tools and making sure you're in the right place and getting your chance and the, the physical and mental and maturity progression that you make through, through the years that that doesn't worry me. So, you know, too much um, as a lot of these guys that have these rocket arms and get everything handed to them and still can't play the game. Yeah. I, I have a hard time with this because I feel like young quarterbacks in today's NFL, given the CBA um, for the most part uh, have to have some sort of raw tool or calling card that they can lean on early on while the mental side of the game catches up because they're not getting the reps that they used to. And uh, the offenses that they're running are, so different than what they're being asked to do in the NFL. So if they have that raw tool, raw tool they can lean on, I'm personally looking for that as far as a yes or no for a a guy who I'm taking in the top 10 or the top 20. Because outside of Mac Jones, the last five years, all the quarterbacks who have busted are the ones who have middling or less physical traits. And yeah, the ones you don't, who are, again, you to move up there's when you're when you're rating guys and you're ranking where you're going to take them, there's basically two charts. The physical ability, you know, put them on a line graph. The physical mm-hmm. ability are they plus 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 plus, and mm-hmm. then there's another one: the physical, the 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 playmaking ability. Do they have the football instincts, etc.? Mm-hmm. Typically, you take more of a chance on a guy that's got the plus tools. Yep. And if I'm going top ten on a quarterback, I I, I don't want Mac Jones. No, I, I didn't want Mac Jones that high. Um, I, I want a guy that's got the tools and has the appearance that can play. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some more questions about a guy like Zach Wilson and his level of competition, but the tools were there. Trey mm-hmm. Lance, even less competition, but super tools. Justin Fields, to me, had it all. So mm-hmm. I don't know what, what was going on there necessarily. Uh, but mm-hmm. Mac Jones is, you know, more of those, okay, he's a quarterback, but is he going to be a little bit more limited? Yeah. And the, th- the thing for me is also where I sit. Like if I was in the meeting room and I could talk to these coaches and meet Mac Jones and put him up on the whiteboard and blah, 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 blah. And find out like, okay, this guy may be not an amazing arm, not an amazing athlete. He is absolutely brilliant and everybody freaking loves him. That might change things, but guess what? Unfortunately, where I sit, I'm not going to be privy to that information. And the information that I am privy to in regarding the intangibles and the intelligence is going to be hearsay. So like, how much value do I actually well, was, put on that? It, it was easier. You know, I've mentioned to a, a player near and dear to y'all's hearts, Chad Kelly. You know, I saw Chad Kelly in high school. Yeah. And he was one of the guys we voted most likely to get his ass beat by his teammates. Yeah. You know, I knew that when he was 17. Yeah. Y'all figured it out a few years later. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kid was just, he wasn't the guy that you wanted leading your team. Nope. As a Not quarterback, you know, you can deal with a guy like that at different positions. You know, Deshaun Watson is one of my least favorite people in the game of all time. The man can play wide receiver though. That's okay. He just throw me Deshaun the ball. Jackson, He's not up there. Deshaun Jackson, not Deshaun Watson. I'm okay. sorry. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Um, um, 
we should talk a little bit of Dallas Broncos still. I know we kind of did for a little bit and it's, we got way down the draft stuff. See, this is the team building stuff and it's, you guys have been uh, dictating the chat. So that's what's going on, but we only got like five, 10 minutes left. Um, key matchup I'm watching up in this one is uh, obviously Micah Parsons seeing what he can do out there against this team. Um, but for me, it is Calvin Anderson versus Randy Gregory. Uh, Randy Gregory was considered a very, very talented draft pick. A lot of people thought he was worth a top 15 pick based on his tools at Nebraska. Super twitchy, super flexible. Great. Um, the dude was hanging out with uh, Afro Man and Snoop Dogg a little bit too much. You know, that kind of thing going on where uh, he was really enjoying um, his uh, herbal medicine. And uh, that caused him to lose a lot of games. And uh, it was an issue for him coming out. Um, where he was suspended pretty consistently because of so many failed drug tests. Um, but now, well, I think the NFL has uh, joined the 21st century in that We're regard. Stop testing for that. You know, I, I'd, I'd certainly rather have him, you know, self-medicating that way than popping a bunch of opiates. Yeah, or uh, drinking and getting behind the wheel. Yeah, um, but I mean, even just yeah. for pain reasons or whatever, you know, yeah, the, no, the, totally. the, the the Vicodin and guys and all these kind of things, that, that's a hell of a lot scarier to me than someone sitting at home smoking a joint. Yeah. Um, real quick, so I'm trying to remember, <clears throat> then we'll get back because I agree with you. Uh, you know, Randy Gregory coming off the edge was I, I, the first time I've watched Dallas this year. And I was like, wow, who's, who's that? I was like, oh, Randy Gregory. That makes sense. Because you know who else had that reputation coming out? Randy Moss. Mm -hmm. um big warren sap you know there, there's those guys fell in the draft too seemed mm -hmm. to work out okay uh i'm trying to remember but both you guys would know the answer to this question what was the mahomes pre-draft hype if any i remember all the watson trubisky talk but not so much mahomes dwi guys i'm going to be completely honest with you i my draft lens tends to follow the broncos because i only have so much time with everything else going on in my life so i really hyper focus on positions that i can pick up on that the uh the broncos are interested in so because the broncos went quarterback in 2016 with paxton lynch i did not put uh patrick mahomes under that scouting lens as much as i would like would like to have in hindsight obviously um i remember that there was questions about his ability to translate to the nfl given the air raid that cliff kingsbury is running at texas um there was a lot of hero ball that he was playing now can mahomes play in structure can he take the check down it's stuff that honestly we're asking questions about right now with how the chiefs offense is playing, but uh, the arm talent was there. And the, uh, I obviously remember the arm talent, the whip, and also the ability to make incredible plays out of nothing. You know, yeah, a and magician. There, there wasn't anybody that thought he'd become the best quarterback, you know, arguably yeah. in, in the game within two or three years. In fact, there was even his rookie season, his own teammates were questioning him. Yeah. Uh, like, really, this is the guy you got. He's, he's not very good. And then all of a sudden, something clicked for him. Again, when I talk about the maturity process and the, the, the mm -hmm. mental aspect and the game slowing down for you is so important at quarterback yep. um, that it's tough. I, I think it's the hardest position to, to get right without a doubt. Um, it, and that's why it, it's probably the hardest position to, to make as well. When you got these guys playing 15 years, there may only be three or four open starting quarterback positions a year coming in for the draft. So the, it wasn't, Trevor Lawrence type. The the, no. the last guy I remember being hyped up like Trevor Lawrence was Andrew Luck, uh, as in oh, yeah. just a, a flat out can't miss type of guy. Um, no. That that wasn't the case with these guys. Yeah, and for Mahomes, I think Carl. I, honestly, Jay, I don't even remember what my Mahomes uh, thoughts were because I didn't do that much work on that quarterback class. I was all in on uh, offensive tackles and uh, I think edge rusher on that one, but. Uh, 
Mahomes, obviously super talented. And another reason, I mean, just trying to look at, I don't look at everybody's like, Oh, what about Tom Brady? When they talk about the quarterback position and like the traits, like, well, how predictive and current is the Tom Brady example? Like I'm much more interested in looking at the last five draft classes and seeing what the trends are, because that's what you're talking about with a young quarterback coming in. The guys who have been hitting have been, have had some sort of athletic freak trait, whether that be Josh Allen having the arm and the size, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. um, uh, There's some other ones off the top of my head. Lamar Jackson, of course, those guys all have incredible, some sort of incredible raw tool. The only one who's kind of going against that right now is Mac Jones, but I'm curious to see how Mac Jones looks uh, going forward. Well, you know what I've said? The big guys are pocket passers. They're playing baseball. Yeah. You know, the big guys that are with the big arms, the six, five guys with the big arms that can stand there and throw the ball all over the field are pitchers. Now they're playing yeah. baseball. I think baseball has done as much to change the way the quarterback position has as anything coming out. You, go, you look, I think I looked at it in the, in the week. Cause we talked about this over the summer and I think there was in the first two rounds or something like 27, 28, 30, that number, almost half of them were pitchers. Every single one of those guys was over six feet tall. Every mm-hmm. single one of them. Yeah. So that that's part of it also is it's the, 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 the prototypical drop back passer is now playing baseball because there's 400 jobs in the bullpen where mm-hmm. you're making millions a year and I can play forever without getting my brain scrambled. Yeah. <sighs> yep. I got Andrew Lampy coming in and saying morning, morning to you, Andrew. It's good to see you. Um, so a lot of quarterback talk here right now. Um, I would say there are six quarterbacks that are maybe interesting in this class and, uh, I can't, I have a hard time sorting any of them. So, you know what my strategy would be if there are six guys that are, I kind of have in the same range trade down. Yeah. Trade down. But uh, also <laughs> I want, I want to be the person who takes the last one of that tier. If that makes sense. If I view them all the same, let me get the best value on any of them and take the last one on that tier. And then I can maximize the value. And, and, and how do I get the last one? Trade down. Trade or, down. Yeah. Or trade up. Maybe you get a guy that you love in the. Uh, right. Yeah. Let's say you're picking 13. If they've already gone. I use my first round pick on an edge and I've got a second there and there's two guys left, three picks. Maybe I move up a spot and use yep. a throw in a fifth rounder or something. Um, yep. Andrew, I, thanks for that. Stars coming in. And you said good morning, too. Um, and Peter said, could, could Teddy stay another year? He seems to have a lot of support from management. Um, Teddy would have to take a massive pay cut to stay another year with Denver. Um, I don't know if that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a rebuilding mode, you're with a new coach, fresh slate, you know, you might as well just, it, he's either going to bring in a guy to hold the fort for a little bit or Andrew or Andrew Luck. Cause someone's asked about luck earlier and we were talking about him. Drew Locke becomes a starter for a year. Um, mm-hmm. He would have to take a massive pay cut to come back because he, he's on the last year of that gigantic deal he signed and Carolina's picking up half the tab. Mm-hmm. they're not the Denver Broncos aren't going to pay half of what Teddy makes this year. No way. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I will say I'd, I'd rather them go back Teddy Bridgewater again than invest super heavily in a guy that they don't love. Like you don't want to be the Panthers just keep messing up at quarterback. No, and I don't think, I, I think yeah. it would be more like again this year, you got, you got Teddy for a song. He's two yep. or 3 million and you know, a seventh round pick or something. That's nothing Yeah, for us. So you, you didn't invest heavily in a guy. You're not going to again next year if it's just going to be a a holdover for somebody you draft. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, that's uh, 
that's where it's a possibility. You know, you're talking about the likes of, I threw out uh, Tyrod Taylor. I threw out Marcus Mariota. Um, a couple other names would be Andy Dalton, maybe um, Jacoby Brissett. You know, those guys that are not good enough to be starters, but ones where at least you buy yourself time for a rookie or you're making a a one-year decision that gives you flexibility going forward. I know it's what nobody nobody wants to hear that. You know, you'd rather hear me say like the Broncos. And who's that guy right now on the roster? the guy that you're developing or the guy that you no, are the guy that gives you one year flexibility as it's is it's Teddy that that's no it's true lock. Cause he's got one year oh. left on his deal. He's got one year okay. left on his contract. I, get you. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, maybe they give Drew another chance. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case. Um, but you know, I personally, if you can't bring in Aaron Rodgers or Kirk cousins, you don't love any of these quarterbacks. I bring in that lower tier one year quarterback draft a guy day two and with Drew Locke and let all three compete and know that, hey, this is probably a temporary solution. We're going shotgun approach. At least we have the flexibility again in 2023 mm-hmm. rather than investing in a guy that I felt forced to invest in. And now that I've invested in him, I feel obligated him not only to give him 2022, but 2023 and 2024. And we're stuck in the same place for another f- three years rather than having the flexibility to go for a guy the following season. That That is worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is not Teddy again. It's investing in the wrong guy for multiple years where then those years are down the drain. That's yeah, I don't, that's worst case. The only way that an investment for multiple years happens in my opinion is in a draft. If you, yep. if you draft a guy in the first round, that's a multiple year investment. I, I don't even think it has to be. If I was it in charge, have to, but I mean, yeah. that means you've put money into a guy that you're going to have on the roster for several years. That's all I mean by that. Yeah. Not by we're committing to this guy as our starter or as our future starter. For me, it just means you're going to have him on the books for multiple years, period. Yep. That That's all I mean by that. Yeah. No, I totally hear you there. But like, uh, again, coming back to Mac Jones, say the Broncos are picking at 15 and they like a guy some there and they take him at 15 and he comes out in 2022 and is obviously not very good. Um, then, and then you're sitting there, like say picking four in 2023 and you love Bryce Young and CJ Stroud hoot the guy that was at 15 i don't care if he wants it he's gonna have to go beat the 2023 guy um and if he's and if he struggles because you're not fully invested in him and he can't handle that adversity i already learned something about him sayonara bud like that's maybe that's rough but uh, we're in the results business here so uh, what can you do um last thing on the cowboys obviously dak prescott the first thing the first thing um (laughs) we got to get back to it uh the it's going to be a rough game for the Broncos. I think they are going to get beat pretty handily in this one. I'm going to go Dallas 30, uh, Denver 17, um, which is not a beautiful game by any means. I think it's actually going to be decently close until probably about like the very end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. And then Dallas is probably going to like put, put back to back drives together where it's like, yep, uh, that's what a good team does. And uh, they beat the Broncos. Um, if Denver does win this game, it's going to have to be one where the defense is, has a high energy game, one that's maybe a uh, they they play they bring up their whole game because obviously moving Von Miller means that things are looking poor for this team for the rest of this year, uh, at least as far as defensive talent goes and the direction of the team. But maybe that galvanizes them for a single game. Nobody believes in them going to Dallas. Maybe they want to prove to themselves and everybody that hey, you know we are still good players. We didn't need Von Miller. I mean, you obviously need Von Miller, but we didn't need him. Uh, we can still be great. But I just. Dallas is too good. Um, Dak Prescott's going to be back. Uh, they're just too dominant on both sides of the ball. Broncos are going to get beat on both lines of the scrimmage, probably. That's me on the road. Or it's not not a recipe for success. So I do think the Broncos will lose. 
30 to 17 sounds about right to me. Um, that this game last week against Minnesota wasn't great on defense, but they had a, a different quarterback come in. Dak Prescott changes that. You've got all of the weapons that you need. Uh, I'm so impressed with, you know, Ezekiel Elliott. You you watch watch the guys with a bad offensive line, and the the the, the running backs are having to make a move to avoid a, being tackled in the backfield almost every play. Mm-hmm. And, and and Ezekiel Elliott, he's taking his time. You know, he's 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 getting back there. He's getting the ball. He's taking a look. He's like, let's see this side, this side. I'll just bounce over here. Then it's crazy. So they're doing. Yeah. It's probably a, a sort of like a, a zone blocking scheme, but it's just you know we're going to hold our guys and let Zeke do his thing. Yeah. Um, so he's got plenty of time. You can't allow that to happen. If they don't attack the offensive backfield, commit some more guys, you know, I know you see, then then they'll just beat you to death with the running game. Um, make it easy. You know, if Zach's not 100% or Dak is not 100% healthy, well, we'll just beat you with Zeke. So they're, I think they're too good on offense right now that the Denver Broncos won't be able to keep up uh, offensively. And if it if they are able to hold them down, then it's, 27 instead of in the 30s you know 27 13 somewhere in that neighborhood but uh i like dallas at home in this one for sure yeah and we got bx bronco coming and saying due to the current quarterback situation will patrick or sutton want to resign in denver these are guys that are going to be going for their second contract in the nfl so really i mean quarterback obviously to be better that could be a tipping point if you have a couple different options that are relatively the same but given that the it's these guys's first chance to make life real life altering money on that second contract they're going to follow the dollar. That's the biggest say, thing. They're, they're, they're going to want to resign with whoever gives them the, if there's a, if there's an offer that's close, it might come in. And frankly, you don't want to necessarily move. If it's close, it probably goes to the, the home team. Yep. Um, but it, it, if someone comes in 20% higher than someone else, that's who's going to sign them. Yep. Absolutely. We got Mike Woodward in the house. Good to see you, Mike. Um, and we got a comment here from the, I wanted to see this one. Somebody said, oh, here we go. Tony coming in saying, in my honest opinion, Denver doesn't give time to develop their quarterbacks, quarterback and safety, or is that supposed to be just QB with a small S? It might have been QB is an apostrophe. Um, yeah. It, the problem is, is if you're not winning as a head coach, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to develop a quarterback unless you come in with him at the same time or unless you're an established coach. Bill Belichick has the luxury to, to develop a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Most don't you have two losing seasons you're gone you're gone and this coaching staff came in already had two losing seasons you know they they couldn't afford another one if they wanted to keep their jobs the, the flip side of that is they make enough money that they should have more they should feel more secure you know fire me okay you're gonna pay me 10 million dollars i can live on that for a while and do what they think is right for the team if, it, if that means developing a quarterback, then so be it. But the coaches don't want to lose their jobs. So they're, they don't have time. We don't, we don't afford them the luxury of time to develop a quarterback in a lot of cases. Yeah, no, totally correct uh, in that regard. And uh, typically speaking, you know about a quarterback after their first or second year. And obviously situation matters for some of those guys, but um, uh, the only two quarterbacks I can think of in the last 10 years that weren't like, okay, this guy belongs immediately um, are uh, Josh Allen and Ryan Tannehill. And both those guys have uh, athletic tools um, that they can at least fall back on while they develop. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, Kyler Murray, you knew pretty much right away. He was going to be incredible. Dak Prescott. I mean, fourth round pick didn't matter. He didn't need develop time. He was good right away. Same with Russell Wilson as a third round pick. Um, Mac Jones looks like he's belonged right away. Joe Burrow looked like he belonged right away. Patrick Mahomes looked like he belonged right away. Derek Carr looked like he belonged right away. Um, it's all these guys. I mean, you can just go down the list of quarterbacks playing right now. Um, they didn't need three years in the NFL to be, you know, learning. Obviously there's going to be mistakes along the way, but they were still doing things that could be incredible. To your point, that's part of the question is, you know, dude, did Paxton Lynch show enough to say, okay, he needs more time? Or did we get a good enough look to say, you know, no, he's not the guy? Um, do you need a fresh set of eyes on Drew Locke right now? Because I think it's the decisions with the current coaching staff's pretty much already been made. This isn't the guy. Um, would a fresh set of eyes help? Or is it just the fact that he's not the guy? Yeah. We'll find out. He's young enough. We'll, we should be able to find out. One way yep. or another, he'll get he'll get a chance to lock on with somebody else. No pun intended. Yeah, and not um, to be too much of a uh, science nerd here, but uh, assume the null hypothesis when it comes to the quarterback. Given the most likely reality is they're not a franchise quarterback. Given yeah, how many quarterbacks this league has turned out, assume that they're not until they prove they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, big old science nerd there. We're talking null hypothesis before we get on out of here. Hope you guys appreciate that. That's that's free. That one's free. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I'll let Scott look over the chat here to see if there were any stars or supers that we missed while we were talking. Um, but uh, obviously you guys can follow us at huddle up pod as well as at mile high huddle follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys are joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share and follow Scott's YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Thank you guys so much for joining us uh, this, this early in the sea or this, I guess late in the season, but this early in the morning um, it's been a season hasn't gone as we'd hoped, but there's always stuff to talk about and we can pivot from there and uh, have good discussions. So, uh, and you know, one thing I love about this chat and especially in the morning chat, you guys can disagree and it does not get ugly. And we build on the conversation in the chat versus just having the same thing back and forth and back and forth over and over again. So uh, appreciate you guys for that um, and keep challenging us too. I, I like being challenged and making my perspective changed. I mean, it's, that's what good uh, analysts and people that are doing this have to do, right? If you just dig in your heels and dig your head in the sand more and more and say, I'm not listening, uh, you're not going to get better at this. And we're not going to be the type of football analysts and hosts that you guys deserve. So uh, hopefully we, you guys can keep challenging us and asking questions and uh, we can get better right along with you guys. Um, take a look this weekend. I call it out uh, several weekends ago for, for those of us who want to get a look at quarterback play, Matt Corral, Ole Miss, Malik Willis, Liberty. Those two are playing each other this weekend. Um, the, the added storyline there is, uh, is Hugh Freeze who got run out of Ole Miss disgracefully is coming back with his Liberty team is pretty good. So it should be never thought you'd hear the term Ole Miss and Liberty being must watch football, but for this crowd, I think it's something we want to keep an eye on this weekend. Yeah. And it probably the, uh, as far as quarterback, the, the eye test as a yay or nay for top 10 tools. Those are the only two guys in my book that have the top 10 tools. Now they have other questions for damn sure. Um, that scared the heck out of me. Um, but as far as athleticism and arm talent, my list right now is Matt Corral, uh, Malik Willis, and then that's it. So should be a fun one. Uh, don't put too much weight in one single game, but it still should be fun to see what these quarterbacks can do. Uh, So thank you guys so much. Have a great one. Uh, Stay safe. And uh, we will see you on Monday morning for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. Until then.
Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.